Welcome to episode 172 of the Truth Quest podcast, the truth about the January 6th incident at the Capitol. Before we get started, I want to ask you to do me a favor and share the show. If you're on social media and topics such as the January 6th incident at the Capitol, the supremacy of federal law, the supply chain disruptions, ivermectin, or tyranny comes up, please share the topic-specific TruthQuest episode with your debate partner. Episodes are available on a host of platforms including iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon Music, Podbean, BitChute, Brighteon, Rumble, and Instagram where I post a short highlight of each show at instagram.com forward slash truthquestpodcast. Whatever platform you may be listening to this on, please take a moment and give it a five-star rating, hit the like button, or leave a positive review. Another way you can help grow the show is to throw a small donation my way at the TruthQuest podcast patronage page. All donations will be used to drive awareness of the podcast through online advertising. See this episode's show notes page at truthquest.podbean.com for details. And finally, please join the conversation on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash truthquestpodcast. You all remember January 6th, 2021, the day that will live in infamy, at least that's what some prominent Democrats have called it. President Trump gave a speech mostly about the apparent election fraud in the November 2020 presidential election. In the speech, he suggested that people should peacefully and patriotically march to the Capitol. Many did just that. Most innocently entered the Capitol building since the doors were open and law enforcement wasn't stopping them. They walked around, entered some prominent Congress members' offices, took pictures, for the most part had a good time. The Democrats and the alphabet soup conspiracy media called it an insurrection, They called it a dire threat to the very fabric of our nation. They called it the worst assault on our democracy since 9-11. Nancy Pelosi called it, quote, the worst assault on the Capitol since the War of 1812. Others compared it to the attack on Pearl Harbor. Joe Biden compared it to the Civil War. He called it mayhem, radical and chaotic and unconstitutional. None of these people, by the way, said anything about the left-wing violence and riots throughout the summer of 2020. To this day, no prominent Democrat has condemned the actions of the Antifa and BLM types, much less compare them to some of the darkest days in the country's history. In one breath, they tell us that it was a planned insurrection, centrally coordinated by right-wing groups and or prominent supporters of then-President Trump. In the next breath, they tell us it was a Trump-inspired, spontaneous event. I mean, come on, folks. It's got to be one or the other. you got to get your story straight. See how difficult lying is? It's tough to keep the story straight because it cannot be both. The Democrats mobilized tens of thousands of National Guardsmen to protect D.C. in the days after the January 6th incident. They built a security fence around the Capitol. Can't build one on the border... But you sure as hell can build one in D.C. And just this week we found out that taxpayers are building one at Biden's Delaware Beach House. Wow, walls and fences work everywhere but on the southern border. Then they told us there was going to be coordinated attacks at state capitals all over the country by Trump-supporting white supremacist militia racist types. I think it was supposed to happen sometime in March. The National Democrats and their buddies in the various intelligence agencies floated the completely fabricated story in which not a shred of credible intel was offered to back up their claims. Nothing happened, of course. They just needed to keep the story alive for as long as possible, as I will explain shortly. 
Then, seven months later, the FBI announced they found scant evidence that the January 6th quote-unquote attack on the U.S. Capitol was the result of an organized plot to overthrow the presidential election results. It took them seven months to come to that conclusion. They must keep the story alive. The dictionary definition of insurrection goes something like this. Violent uprising against a government or other established authority. Given that, this would be the only insurrection in history where it lasted only a few hours, where the insurrectionists brought no weapons, and no substantive violence was perpetrated against any of the people in the government or the established authority. This is likely the only insurrection in history whereby members of the government or established authority, you know, those who were supposedly the target of the insurrection, actually facilitated the trespassing. It's likely only one in which guards at the targeted government building opened some of the doors, greeted the insurrectionists, and posed for selfies with them. This is likely the only insurrection in history where the only people killed during the event was an unarmed so-called insurrectionist who was murdered by a Capitol Hill police officer who shot her in the neck without shouting a warning prior to pulling the trigger, and another so-called insurrectionist who was trampled and died from her injuries. This is likely the only insurrection in history whereby property damage was minimal, where the most often levied charge against the so-called insurrectionists is trespassing, while some are also charged with obstruction of an official hearing. Ooh, that's some serious shit, isn't it? And finally, this is likely the only insurrection in history where the insurrectionists were prompted by a call to be peaceful and patriotic. Contrast that to the rioting, looting, and arson perpetrated by Democrat voters all summer long during 2020, which caused, according to insurance industry estimates, more than $2 billion in property damage and claimed more than 20 lives. Come to find out, besides the honest, innocent Trump supporters, the January 6th protest and the subsequent breach of the Capitol building was well attended by known Antifa members, and the FBI was well represented as they infiltrated the crowd and had informants actively participate in the shenanigans. Revolver News has been all over this story. Come to find out, when you read all the indictments brought against the trespassers on the Capitol on July 6th, there are a whole hell of a lot of, quote, unnamed sources and, quote, co-conspirators who appear to play a critical role in the event. Come to find out, the FBI had a number of infiltrators within the three groups that were identified as planning and executing this so-called insurrection at the Capitol, those being the Proud Boys, whose leaders just so happened to work for the FBI for many years, the Three Percenters, and the Oath Keepers. On the surface, you might praise the FBI for their good police work, but you'd be wrong. As the facts have continued to roll in, it has become clearer that January 6th was not the result of an intelligence failure by the FBI, like the alphabet soup conspiracy media likes to tell you. Rather, the January 6th incident was likely the result of an intelligence setup. A guy named Ray Epps, who at the time of this recording has been the recipient of federal protection and a cover-up, seems to have led the breach of the Capitol building. Ten minutes before Trump was even done giving his speech, which meant his supporters were about a 30-minute walk from the Capitol. This Ray Epps dude 
appeared on the FBI's Capitol Hill Violence Most Wanted list for several months until a couple news outlets started investigating him, whereby he was miraculously removed from the list. Not arrested, mind you, just removed. Other FBI infiltrators have been identified as inciting the crowd and breaching the Capitol on that day. So essentially, we had FBI informants leading this so-called insurrection. When you look at the people still held in jail just for being present that day at the Capitol, when you look at the grandmother being sentenced for entering the Capitol through doors that were opened by the Capitol Hill police, who took a selfie inside the building, and yet few, if any, of the leaders of these constantly demonized groups, the Proud Boys, Three Percenters, and Oath Keepers, few of them are prosecuted. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to know something fishy is going on here. Why haven't any of these people who actually breached the Capitol been arrested like the hundreds that just walked into the building? One reason is the Capitol Hill police are not accountable to the American people like other police forces. Nope. The Capitol Hill police are special. They are accountable only to Congress. Right now, that specifically means Nancy Pelosi. Oh, and get this, the Capitol Hill police are not subject to Freedom of Information Act requests, like I assume every other police agency in the country is. To this day, almost November of 2021, hundreds of protesters from January 6th are still in prison waiting trial. Can anyone say Sixth Amendment, speedy trial, bail? Over 500 alleged participants have been arrested. All over the country, the FBI has raided and arrested these folks. Some are charged with trespassing, others with disrupting an official proceeding, neither of which justify being kept in solitary confinement, or brutally beaten, stripped, abused, and humiliated by the guards, and denied their medication, all of which has been reported. One prisoner lost his eye in a beating. Just this week, as I was preparing this episode, a judge ordered one of these poor souls languishing in a D.C. jail to stop watching TV and to denounce Trump. Another captive proactively wrote a letter to another judge expressing his regret for supporting Trump in the hopes of getting the hell out of jail. How is this any different than the re-education camps we've heard of that are designed to get dissidents' heads right? It's been argued by several members of Congress that there are over 10,000 hours of video evidence of the January 6th incident that the government is holding back. Why do you think the government refuses to release these hours of video? Might it prove many of the claims made in this episode? My money is on yes. Back to the Capitol Hill police and Ashley Babbitt who was murdered by Lieutenant Michael Byrd. His identity was hidden for months. Unlike every other cop shooting in America where the cop's name and address are known almost instantaneously, depending on who the victim is. When he was finally outed and, of course, exonerated by the Capitol Hill police, he did an interview with Lester Holt, I think, where he basically praised himself for the shooting. He said during the interview that he saved countless lives by shooting an unarmed woman in the neck. The death of Capitol Hill police officer Brian Sicknick was key to the insurrection narrative. As the story went, as reported by the New York Times and many other Alphabet Soup conspiracy media's outlets, Sicknick was bludgeoned to death by an insurrectionist with a fire extinguisher. Turns out that was just another in a long list of lies told to the American people by the Uniparty. 
Remember everyone involved in this farce, from Mitch McConnell to Chuck Schumer to Mitt Romney to Nancy Pelosi and everyone in between? They all celebrated the death of Officer Brian Sicknick because of the opportunity it presented. They rushed to endorse the narrative that he was murdered by crazed Trump supporters on the day that will live in infamy. They rushed to have his body cremated. They rushed to make sure that he laid in honor at the Capitol. They rushed to bury him in Arlington National Cemetery because he was the equivalent of a war hero fighting off the bloodthirsty, Trump-loving domestic terrorists. Then his mother comes out and calls bullshit. She said it was all a lie. He died from a stroke. All in order to keep the story alive, bash Trump, his supporters, and have a reason to push for domestic terrorist legislation that will make the purge of conservatives on social media look like a walk in the park. The January 6th commission, set up by Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats, is no different than the other tactics used to defame and discredit Trump. It's all from the same playbook. You gotta keep this stuff in the headlines. If you watched any of the hearings, it left you feeling dirty. These people are disgusting, devoid of anything resembling Christianity. They worship at the altar of the political party in which they declare allegiance to. It's despicable and pathetic. Pelosi refused to let any serious members of Congress from the Republican side from joining the commission. Guys like Jim Jordan, who will actually ask real questions, and instead put self-hating, country-hating, and voter-hating Lynn Cheney as vice chairman and rhino Adam Kissinger on the committee. Not a single member of the commission is a pro-Trumper. Why keep it in the headlines? Because you want to silence dissent, of course. Democrats and liberals are gearing up and demanding a new war on terror, this one being domestic in nature. As the Democrats draft domestic terrorism legislation, all of which is a full frontal assault on the First and Fourth Amendments, and obviously given the treatment of the January 6th trespassers, an assault on the Sixth Amendment as well. The Democrats are proposing legislation to unleash the illegal NSA spying apparatus on American citizens who do not worship at the altar of their agenda. Who determines who these so-called terrorists are and, and therefore are worthy of surveillance, loss of employment in their business? People like those who question election results or post stuff on social media critical of some political policies? You know, insurrectionists, revolutionists, or insurgents, extremists. Well, the National Democrats, of course. They will determine who and what qualifies as domestic terrorism. Hell, just the other day, President Biden expanded his definition of domestic terrorism to, quote, people with a smile and a fleece jacket, i.e. white suburban moms who show up at school board meetings to complain about their shitty school system, their inept school board members, critical race theory being taught in their schools, boys who identify as girls who go into girls' bathrooms and locker rooms, and in the case of Loudoun County, Virginia, rape two girls at two different schools. Don't you dare speak out against your overlords or you may be deemed a domestic terrorist. Trump supporters are enemies of the state. Domestic terrorists. That's how the Democrats fight an ideological war. They label their opponents as terrorists, use the media to repeat the allegation on a loop, and then use their monopoly power for the use of force to harass, arrest, and assassinate the character of their opponents. All in an effort to silence them because... They can't win the debate on the merits. 
Nothing but a bunch of totalitarians. They're no different than anything that has gone on in Cuba, USSR, or North Korea. Silence dissent so you will be the only one left standing, and then you can take power and control over everyone and everything. These people are sociopaths. They ignore the Constitution. They ignore God, i.e. treating others fairly because they are made in the image of God. All that matters to these people is the destruction of their political foes. Their little G, God, is power. It is their political party. It is control. In their mind, the more that they can demonize their opponents as something monstrous, the more political power they can acquire. So what's the truth? After spending five years trying to take down Trump, starting with the intelligence community illegally spying on his campaign using illegally obtained FISA warrants based on a fully discredited Steele dossier, after harassing his every move as president, subjecting him to the Russia collusion hoax investigation, people like Robert Mueller, James Comey, John Brennan, Adam Schiff, Andrew McCabe, Lisa Page, Peter Stroke, all of them spreading lies on a loop on the alphabet soup conspiracy media outlets, and ending in two impeachments. This incident on January 6th just provided the National Democrats and the Rhino Republicans, which makes up a large majority of that caucus, it gave them another excuse to go after Trump. And it all ended with him being kicked off of every major social media platform. Well done, everybody. Unfortunately for these crooks in D.C., 74 million people voted for Trump in 2020, 11 million more than did in 2016. You may say, too bad, so sad, Biden got 80 million votes, to which I would say, sure he did. Then I would, depending on my mood, wink at you, flip you the middle finger, or possibly spit in your general direction. I know, that's not very nice. My mom would not be proud. But when you know what the Democrats are doing to this once great nation, there really is no room for niceties. As Glenn Greenwald reported, quote, So many of the most harrowing and widespread media claims about the January 6th riot proved to be total fabrications. A pro-Trump mob did not bash Officer Brian Sicknick's skull in with a fire extinguisher. No protester brought zip ties with them as some premeditated plot to kidnap members of Congress. There's no evidence anyone intended to assassinate Mike Pence, Mitt Romney, or anyone else. He continues, What we know for sure is that no Trump supporter fired any weapon inside the Capitol and that the FBI seized a grand total of zero firearms from those it arrested that day. A rather odd state of affairs for an armed insurrection, to put it mildly. As Roger Kimball said in a speech at Hillsdale College, the painful lesson of the January 6th event can be found perfectly in something President Trump once said when he was reflecting on the unrelenting tsunami of hostility he faced as president. He told supporters, they're after you. I'm just in the way. And that is the truth about the January 6th incident at the Capitol. Please join the conversation on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash truthquestpodcast. 